Hey, welcome to episode 177 of the Collector's Quest podcast. It's Batman Day right now. As I am saying this, it is Batman Day, uh, September 18th. I am desperately trying to get this out while it is still Batman Day in the United States. We're talking about games based on the best cartoon ever made, Batman the Animated Series, otherwise known as The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Uh, and there might be a slight connection to how Johnny has been collecting a lot of Batman comics right now and just really wanted to talk to someone about more Batman stuff. So tell your mom about the show, give us five stars on iTunes, and let's go. Back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny. Stefan's at like a convention giving an art show with a top hat and monocle. So what's going on, Johnny? Not much. Uh, I actually went to go see our friend Stefan. Uh, it's the Megabit Expo. Um, this is their first time doing one of these game conventions in Simi Valley, weirdly our hometown. So uh you can't go see it because by the time this airs, it was over. It was on September 12th, a Sunday. And uh, uh, shall I give you some takeaways uh, on that? Or shall we tell people what we're talking about first? G give me some takeaways, Johnny. Okay. So uh, one, Stefan's art show looked great. He had a bunch of stuff he's going to want to talk about with easels and all that. Uh, but yeah, it was great to see all of his art laid out. And by his art, I mean all the art of Nintendo Power, you know, just chilling there. Um, I really liked the Adams family one. It was fun to see that. I mean, there was also a really good one of, um, zombies ate my neighbors. I mean, all of it's really good. The Castlevania stuff is all there. Metroid ones, all kinds of, all the best art that you could imagine is sitting in there from all the best games. So yeah, it was really nice. So that, but he was off in like a sequestered hall as like the art parts of conventions always are. So if you go to a convention, there's like the main hall where all the vendors are, and then there's like usually some side rooms. So he was off in a side room. It was nice in there. Big airy room, you know, everyone had masks on, like feels pretty safe. Like you can spread out and they're like, there's signs like social distancing and all this stuff. And I, I don't care which end you fall on. It's just like what they're recommending, but you go into the floor proper. Holy shit. People got no fucks. Everyone's like jammed together. There was so many tables in there. There was way more people than I expected to be there because it's one, the first year and like the Megabit Expo in Simi Valley at, at like a kind of a small, I mean, it's our big hotel, but Simi Valley isn't like a huge town. So, uh, yeah, it was just weird to see like that many people jammed in there to like their convention area, which is like I said, not that big, but yeah, it was like packed and people were going for it and people had a lot of weird, good stuff, I think. Um, there was a nice variety, more variety than I expected, but, um, I walked through very quickly because, uh, I, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling the crowd and like, you know, jostling and picking up everybody's stuff. I just, uh, I'm not there yet. So I just did like a quick fly through and then left after, you know, hanging out with Stefan and we saw, um, Edward, uh, Peyton, who is the guy who directed the rarity movie that's coming out. So we'll make sure to shout that out some info there and i think i got his name wrong I th so i'll correct myself 
eventually. And uh, yeah, that was it. It was weird to see a bunch of people in a convention hall, Tyler. That was like my big takeaway. Like, wow, people are just, just going for it and I'm not there. No, so. I, I'm I'm with you, Johnny. I'm guessing people are just starved for game conventions because it's been like two years and every single major one has been canceled or delayed at this point. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not going anywhere either. I, I cannot wait until everything's over and we can go to Portland because you said that there's a good variety and you didn't know what you were expecting. Uh, that's exactly what I love about conventions because you go on eBay I don't know, not eBay, eBay's a bad example. You go on Video Game Sage or, or some forum, and you go to the, the sale page or like a Facebook group, and everyone's selling Nintendo games or some, some more modern games. But you go to a convention, and there's like the guy who just 100% Atari 8-bit games, like 8-bit computer games. Like, who is coming to the convention to buy an Atari 400 computer? I don't know, but this guy's here, and I love it. So that's what I miss most about conventions is the really weird stuff. So one thing I think we're you're going to expect too, uh, because conventions are just becoming like collectible, like it's going to be video game conventions. But what I noticed is more like ancillary stuff, toys and other related memorabilia that was also there this time. I was like, well, okay, people like collectibles are just a thing now. So more of that stuff is coming. There was always like some amount of it, but I feel like we're going to start to see more more of that stuff showing up. And just a quick correction is Edward Payson. Um, and I just want to make sure I got his name right. Uh, because I, you know, I've met him and I've talked to him. So it's uh, rude to not have people's names. Correct. Anyways, uh, Johnny, what do you, how have, do you feel uh, about that extra nonsense coming up though? What? How do you feel about in conventions, a bunch of like, oh, I've all heard, the extra uh, nonsense. I've heard comic people complain about it. I've only been to small local comic shows, but I've heard like people go to Comic-Con and they're like, it's all bullshit now and Funko Pops and we're the comic dealers. And I'm, I'm sure there's still a lot of comic dealers at like Comic-Con. But uh, yeah, I Johnny, do you think we're going to go to Portland whenever Portland comes back and there's going to be a sealed VHS dealer? Because I guarantee 100%. 100% there will be a sealed VHS stall. Yeah, and I just... Can we just talk about that for two seconds? Like, hey, all of you people getting into sealed VHS, go hard. This is your time. Make that money. Buy all the VHS tapes. You know what? You should sell all of your games uh, just to buy VHS tapes. Go do that. Hey, with I'm, me. I'm happy as long as people, I, I don't need people to sell their games, but if they want to spend all their money on on tapes instead of game tapes, hey, I'm there for it. Anything to calm down this yeah. market a little bit, John. I mean, you are always a fan of people buying modern stuff, so they're not buying the good old stuff. You know what's better than them? Them buying old VHS tapes. Please keep going. You know what? I heard that sealed VHS tapes are like pretty hot, but also just regular VHS open ones. Pretty collectible. Go get them. <laughs> yeah, open VHS. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh uh, our friend Chris CWR2, he actually has a cool VHS collection and gets all sorts of obscure horror movies and stuff like that. Uh, I do love, I actually like that aspect of VHS collecting. Like, I don't care about a sealed Titanic, but show me like a horror movie I've never seen that probably doesn't have any kind of optical media release, and I'm there for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I'm for that version. Like, the people. Like, I'm sure the VHS har like horror hardcores are just like rolling their eyes at all this and are just like furious that all these uh, 
new people are like coming into their hobby, but hopefully they haven't hit that horror section except for like the big ones. But like, I love seeing all the weird horror stuff that I've never heard of. Sure. You know, with like weird distributors, you're like, who is this? And like weird, like porno clamshells instead of regular VHS boxes. Yeah. I love that stuff. Um, I like to see it, but I, I don't want to own it. Uh, but I do enjoy seeing other people's collections. Yeah. I, video games take up enough room like i i don't have space to collect vhs not even sealed vhs i don't have space for tapes johnny I, i've got like probably 30 tapes and it feels like too much you know what's weird to me is the like the boom for laser discs already happened before vhs do you think we're gonna have a second boom of of that like is there a second coming i saw somebody complaining like not really complaining but you know what i mean that laser discs were not having their day while vhs was and to that i say if you think laser discs are better go buy laser discs it's great you could probably get the same movies for 30 bucks when people are spending four thousand dollars on a vhs copy and it will be just like the 90s no one else will have laser discs and you can feel superior to the people buying their stupid vhs tapes does that mean then we're going to have a DVD boom? Like, should I hold on to all of my DVDs? See, that's the the weird thing. Like, what? there's nothing special about VHS. There's no, it's not a historic thing. It's just because the historic, like the true historic thing would be like actual movie reels or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just the home media format. And like DVDs are garbage. Blu-rays are garbage. Like no one collects that stuff except for people who's like, here's my home theater. I have 20,000 movies to choose from. But they don't collect it from like, you know, the investment, like, oh my God, I've got a DVD of, of, you know, what's a stupid movie? I can't think of a stupid movie. Austin Powers begotten. 3. Yeah, yeah. Begotten. <laughs> Begotten's a collectible DVD. There are some like that are like weirdly collectible. Um, oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, yeah. there must be, but uh, I, you know what, Johnny? Like VHS has been a thing for what, six months? So yeah. There's there's probably people out there because people they once the boat is gone, like you know, VHS movies selling for four thousand dollars, they're like, what's the next boat? So someone's yeah. out there finding movies from like two thousand eight, like prime DVD time or like two thousand five, and they're looking for the best stuff, trying to get the first print sealed DVDs right now, guaranteed. And more powered. I cannot wait till we see the high end DVD room. Uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's it's great. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, people, be sure to people take comic books off the shelf and send them directly to the grading companies. Why shouldn't it happen with DVDs and Blu-rays? I'm they not totally advocating should. for that. I think that's I am. crazy. Do but it. it. Why wouldn't it happen? Please. You should look for all those variants. I, you know, and be sure to, you know, look for our next podcast coming soon uh that's the vhs investing podcast for all of you vips you know you'll want to stay tuned uh, and hear tyler and i talk about the investment prospects um for your vhs collection so sure to tune in for that i looked for i just googled vhs investing podcast to make sure that didn't already exist uh but no the top top result was the vhs wall dash hard to find media which it sounds like no they're they're collecting the old way of focusing on rarity, Johnny. Little Whoa, do they know, God. Jurassic Bot. Park was really the grail the whole time. Yeah, like should should I have to tell them that they should be buying Batman 1989? Whoa, Johnny, was that a segue into this sure weird ass episode that was definitely thrown together at the last minute? Because I was we're recording right now at 6:30 p.m. 
my time on a Sunday, which never happens. I was organizing my mail downstairs and I sarcastically called you a comic book man because I wanted to show you something I got that's not related to comic books. But all you care about right now is comic books. And you're just like, let's record this Batman episode I keep bringing up. And within an hour, here we are recording an episode on Batman that I was not prepared for. Well, at, lucky for you, I had done some of the work and organized it. Um, well, and also Batman Day is on September 19th. So hopefully you're listening to this uh, by that time or shortly thereafter. It's a thing that people do. And you'll see me taking pictures of some Batman games as I normally do. Usually my pinball machine is in there. It's no secret. This is not like suddenly Johnny's into Batman and comics. Johnny is always, oh my God, gross. I can't do it. I can't talk about myself in the third person. It makes me feel a little vomity. Okay. I have always been, oh man, just so gross. Uh, I have always been into Batman and comics. Um, you know, what was weird for me, Tyler, is when I realized I own more games than comics. That's weird for a right? video game collector. Yeah, I mean, I own, like, but comics are so easy to I'm, buy, right? You're like, right, you're right. You could you could literally buy 100 comics for, like, 50 bucks. Yeah, and I've been buying comics, you know, for a very long time. Some of the oldest things I own, like, uh, if you guys have been around the podcast, you've heard, like, I don't own very much stuff from my childhood. But, like, from, like, 16 on, uh, and even a little younger, I have my Batman comics, uh, like I, when I was in ninth grade, I bought some Batman comics and like the first comic I remember rebuying was, uh, this called tales of the Jedi. It was number three. And then I went, didn't realize I'd got number three, but that was like the first one. And then I got, uh, some of the Batman runs. It was during, uh, you know, Batman night's end and night quest and where Batman gets his back broken by Bane. Like that was the era in which I first started buying comics and I still own those, which is, um, it's weird to think that I've had them for that long. But anyways, for something I've been buying legit since I was like 13, I only, I have more games, which I didn't start buying, you know, heavily until 2004 when I was in my 20s. Um, and games are expensive. So it's weird to be like, I have like 4,000 comics and 10,000, 11,000 games. It was just uh, a, it's a realization. <laughs> As Eric from Excite Bike Comics and Games might say, Johnny, why do you have so many comics? Get rid of those comics. Uh, because I'm not a comic collector. Uh, I'm a reader. That's what happened. Well, with stop hoarding books. them. Read them and throw them out. You don't even read them. Screw, you probably read them on Comixology like everyone else. Like everyone else. I don't know. what. Well, there's probably plenty of people who actually read comics. But man, reading comics I, on an iPad I totally, is fantastic. Yeah, I I have an iPad that's pretty much just my comic book reading machine. That's all it does um, because it's a perfect size. Comics are goddamn work. hassle. If you guys are thinking about starting reading comics, don't just get an iPad. Yeah. Seriously. Especially if you're thinking about collecting them like, oh, yeah, I got a collection of 100 comics. Let me read one. Uh, let's take it out of the bag. Let's make sure the tape, let's fold the tape over so it doesn't catch against the book. Uh, carefully take it out read it and then after you're done with the book like five minutes later it's like okay carefully put it back into the bag with the board get a new piece of tape stick it down it's it, reading comic books is ridiculous it's, yeah it's so, so much uh like labor in between so ending one book and opening the next in my opinion i agree so what i do is i read on comicsology but i still buy the physical books because i i have a pull list from the same comic book shop i've been going to since i was 16 so i just 
You know, he gets my books, the ones I want. I That's the one you're the little, veteran from, right? Yeah, that's correct. So uh, I just go there. I pick up my books every, like, I don't even pick them up every Wednesday. I pick them up, like, once every couple of months, and then they just go right into the appropriate box. <laughs> just like, this goes into the box, and uh, now I'll go read it. It's like, all it is is a physical reminder for me to go get my iPad and go read these books that came out. And also, reading comics, uh, like a series... A comic is not enough media. Uh, it's too short. I need more. Like, I don't want to read just the first issue of a book. I want to read like five or six if I'm going to sit down and read for a little while. So I I can't read one. So I got to wait. And that's, in comic terms, that's several months. And I don't like to jump around through a bunch of stories. I like to read one solid chunk of a story before I move on to something else. So I agree. Uh, I you in- know what, Johnny? So my counter to that, I agree. I, I don't like... I can't keep up with like weekly books, but I think because comics are so short, if you are someone keeping up with like an exciting weekly story and you go and discuss it online, you're probably like flipping through rereading and like really appreciating a book while you're discussing it. Whereas when we're reading comics, we'll sit down and read, you know, 50 books and we're not appreciating it nearly as much as someone who's like really keeping up with something. That's true. That's true. Um, and a lot of times I find myself going back after, even after a series I've read, I'm like, all right, who did a good YouTube video on this? I'm going to go watch that now. <laughs> I so, do the same thing, Johnny. Yeah. So I'm glad we're in the same boat. Anyways, all of this comic talk to get back to Batman. Uh, and you're like, all right, God, he's talking about Batman some more. Yeah, we're going to just, it's going to be Batman day, like I said. So we're doing the Batman episode, but we've consolidated this. Is not the this. Batman episode. this is the Batman, the animated series episode. Whoa. Yeah. What's so, that? They're, they made a Batman cartoon, Johnny? I don't think yeah, anyone's heard did. of this. Yeah, you, uh, it was like 1992. So actually, uh, Batman the Animated Series premiered on September 5th, 1992. It had 65 episodes. And then it later became The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Remember that? It's important. That premiered like directly after. So it, it, they changed the name, but it wasn't like it stopped. So that was 20 more episodes that started on May 2nd, 1994 and ran till September 15th. So uh, 1995. And then in 1997, after a two year gap, the new adventures of Batman and Robin or the new, the new, sorry, the new Batman adventures came out on September 13th, 1997, and then ended on January 16th. 1999 that had 24 episodes that was done alongside of the superman animated series and the animation had been streamlined the whole process kind of changed a bunch of characters were redesigned so suddenly your poison ivy is green instead of like her traditional like pale white lady uh anyways it was a much faster cheaper animation process i'm okay with it it was a little jarring at first when i was i mean i was a little older when i was watching this i was like well what happened um what happened to poison ivy and catwoman why do they change but uh, it was fine. And then in 1999, Batman Beyond came out. Uh, and then there's there's new Batman stuff. There's also comics for all these. It's a whole big, long thing. Anyways, we are not going to talk about Batman Beyond here today. We are not talking about any other Batman animated cartoons because there's been plenty of places where you can find Batman. We're not even in the movies, which are ancillary. We're talking strictly the games based off the adventures of Batman and Robin the Batman, the animated series or the new adventures of Batman, which are all just kind of known now as Batman, the animated series. All right. Let's all right. sum it up. I agree, Johnny. Uh, okay. Is this the best cartoon ever made? 
Yes, 100%. I I don't even know if that's true, but I guarantee if you haven't seen Batman the Animated Series, which means you are probably, I don't know, under 25 or over 50. This was like such a talk about reruns if you didn't have cable. I saw this uh, all the time growing up. This like Animaniacs, uh, the Superman Animated Series, which was really good too. Uh, yeah, but Superman, not, Superman actually is just not as cool as Batman. Nope. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like this comes up all the time on like best cartoons ever made. Certainly yeah, I mean, like it's best my... comic adaptations or best American cartoons. Yeah. I mean, it's my best cartoon. I mean, and that's a hard sell because I like, I love He-Man and stuff. There's some great cartoons out there that I love, but Batman, the animated series is my number one. Batman Beyond also really great. Uh, so, I mean, there's like Static X and there's... um. Uh, what's the robot one? Something with a Z. Transformers. No, there's a, all contained in like the DC universe. Um, there was like a short run of uh, those. At the same time, Static X came out, who's now becoming a little more popular. So that's cool. Um, also a pretty good cartoon. All Like all the work of Bruce Tim, who is the creator of Batman, the anima- animated series. It's like, it's all gold. Like just thanks, Bruce Tim. Anyways, we're going to talk about the games now. And uh, let's talk about... So the series came there's out There's only in one 19... game, Johnny. Uh, yeah, there's only one Batman the Animated <laughs> Series game. You want to tell them about, about that game, when it came out, what it is, how much it costs and stuff? Well, no, you the, won't tell them uh, how much it costs. The, well, so Batman the Animated Series is... What did it premiere in 1992? Yeah. So there's one game, came out in 1993, November... Batman, the animated series for Game Boy. Also the one game we didn't get prices for. We are uh, on top I, I, of our shit. I will get you the prices. Don't you worry. Okay. You it's uh, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's a side-scrolling action game. I haven't played it. Looking it up, it looks pretty good. And the music mm-hmm. is awesome. And I, I like the music is so good. I looked up who composed it. It's got that uh, like chiptune. It's like a chiptune remix. Uh, that's like a really bassy. Um, of the Batman the Animated Series theme. Uh, and the guy who did it, he was like a 3D modeler for Snatcher and composed four other games. So he's a nobody, I guess. Johnny, is anything yeah. else interesting about this game? So all the other games were called basically the adventures of Batman and Robin or just something right. completely different. Yeah. So uh, the cart goes for between 30 and $60, depending on the condition of the cart. Uh, a boxed copy goes for a uh, question mark. The last one sold for like three fifty. It could go for uh, like, there's only one up for sale at seven fifty. You were right about the music. I believe the kids would say it slaps. Um, so there's a thing. Uh, also it, this game got a poster in Nintendo power. So they were pretty excited when this game came out, Batman, the animated series. Like, I don't know if some of you are younger, it was like a legit phenomenon. It like they aired Batman, the animated series. It was primarily like a weekday show and with some Saturday airings, but it was so popular in the very beginning that they put it to prime time. Like it was the Flintstones or something back in the day. They're like, yeah, we're going to run this cartoon primetime and see uh if adults will watch it and they did a little bit 
but the ratings uh, weren't great, and they also aired it against 60 Minutes, which hurt it. And also, its uh, follow show and lead-in show weren't, like, great things. So, uh, anyways, in the world of TV, that can be a Oh, killer. Johnny, hold on. For our kids, uh, primetime TV is, oh, like, yeah. evening TV, where the family would gather around and watch TV after school and work. Uh, yeah, so about 7 o'clock at do. night. <laughs> uh, yeah, about... I, I I think it's uh, 7 p.m. is when that started for like central region and eastern and 8 o'clock to like 11 in uh, Pacific time zone. But yeah, that's what primetime television was. I believe it still occurs. I don't know. I stream everything now because right? <laughs> it's uh, 2021. And while I'm an old man, I've adapted. Are there kids who don't know like what primetime TV is? Like oh, I could I'm sure. be totally wrong. Like everyone could think like Tyler, you're an idiot. Everyone knows what primetime is. But, no, like, I, I don't. Who watches think TV anymore? <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy. Like, and there's been like a huge shift too. Like, I used to never watch anything on YouTube. Now I'm watching like more YouTube than I ever have, and like I'll find shows everywhere. It's gotten to the point where I'm like, yeah, I would consider maybe YouTube TV if I didn't have all this other stuff that like also streams TV. Like, and then, like, all my shows are on, like, Disney Plus or elsewhere now. So it's like, well, what am I going to do with television? Watch a sitcom? I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, I don't even know what people watch on regular TV. And if they do, like, it, it probably is on their app, and I would just go watch it whenever it came out. Uh, my parents watch a TV. My mom watches all like the the murder mystery shows where it's always like the husband killed the wife and it's like a whodunit and it's always the husband. That's what she tells me anyway. And she watches daytime soaps, of course. Uh, I mean, you know, in real life, that's the way it is, too. It's always the husband. Uh, yeah. Well, Johnny. <laughs> Dark. <laughs> uh, Johnny, there are uh, there are four adventures of Batman and Robin games. Uh, these are more, I don't hear anyone ever talk about Batman, the animated series. Like you hear people talk about the Nintendo game, the NES game all the time. I don't hear anyone talk about the Game Boy game, but the adventures of Batman and Robin, I do hear people talk about, uh, they're four games and they're all the same, right? Just nope, ported absolutely. to different consoles. Nope. Yeah, so that's on the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, the Sega CD and the Game Gear. And not one of them is the same. The closest would be the Super Nintendo and Genesis, and they're not even. I, no, I would say I don't even Genesis and Game Gear. Yeah, Genesis and Game Gear. At are least closest, they're the same genre. Are, yeah, but they these are not the same games. So they all have the same title. And I like. Is this a case where Guinness Book of World Records would only count this at one game? I, this is a problem I have. Like people, yes, they would because they they probably count Tetris as the best selling game ever, and they're counting like every Tetris ever, including like mobile versions. Yeah, and instead of like really understanding that these are not the same, they, it's all about the same thing. Like, doesn't even have the same story, not the same villains and everything. And I'll illustrate some of that in a second. But yeah, these are completely different games, different storylines. Nothing is happening the same. So. Tyler, talk about the most popular one, the one everyone's heard of. Johnny, what's the most popular one? The Sega Genesis one? <laughs> no, uh, it's the Super Nintendo one. Oh, oh, the the one that I haven't played at all. Okay, oh, it's yeah. a side oh, scrolling beat 'em up. It's the one you where you uh, haven't played this at all. I don't think so. No. Wow. If I have, I haven't game. got past the Joker roller coaster one, but I don't think I played it. I think I just that's the part of the game everyone that I always see because it's like the first boss, right? Yeah. Yes. No, I haven't played this at all. Uh, it's because I can't afford it, actually, Johnny. But uh, That's fair. It's very expensive. 
No, what? Tell me about it. This is this is the best one, right? This game looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome game. It like if you haven't played this game on Super Nintendo, uh well, it's very expensive. Um it's going to run you 150 to 200 dollars just for the cart. Uh we'll talk about the CIB price in a second, but go find a way to play it. You know, there's ways. If if you're collecting, it's an awesome collectible. It's very collectible, but it's expensive. But it is a legit fun game. Uh, you know, the only real knock on it is that you can only play as Batman. Like even in the animated series for the Game Boy, when you can play as Batman, Rom. This one, you're only Batman. Uh, it looks great. It looks like you are playing the cartoon, which is awesome. Uh, this is the only one of the four that's actually a Konami game, and um, this one is also all of the levels are loosely based off of episodes of the show so like it combines a lot of them but like you'll get like a joker level and it'll be parts of two different joker episodes and you know to make one story so each game is kind of has these uh each level kind of has its own little contained story which is neat it's a great game but uh like just and i told you i would give you this it's uh mainly a side-scrolling beat-em-up but this game you can you'll fight against the Joker, Poison Ivy, Penguin, Catwoman, Two Face, Scarecrow, the Riddler, Clayface, and Man Bat. All the people you'd expect. But then if you look at the like Sega CD one, like really the main ca- cast is Poison Ivy, the Joker, Clayface, and Riddler. Like a, it's a weird that there's a dichotomy in villains from the show. Let's talk this- about that CIB price. Oh, uh, what do you got to say? No, it looks like this was a fun game to make because it was Konami. So they're working yeah. with like the dream team. I don't know who was, who was actually working on this game, but obviously Konami has really good development resources and they obviously got a budget to make this game. So it looks like they just watched the show. They took like cool scenes from the show and were like, we're going to make that a boss or a level in the video game. Yep. And they just got to do whatever they want. And it seems like it really worked out, Johnny. Yeah. Yep, um, came out in 1994, like during, like pretty much the height of the show. Maybe not the height, maybe, uh, maybe on its like middle, middle, middle peak. But yeah, it's so good. I mean, you really are just like yes, if you love Batman the animated series, you are playing Batman the animated animated series. Uh, fun note because it came out in 1994 and everything was shifting. Um, so as I said in. Uh, the, the titles change, right? So you go from Batman, the animated series, uh, which comes out in 1992 to the adventures of Batman and Robin, which premieres in 1994. This game comes out right after, uh, it premieres, uh, the adventures of Batman and Robin premieres. So they know it's going to come out after the premiere. So the, while they're working on it, this game is called Batman, the animated series. All these games are, and then they're like, Oh, the name changed. So like, and like all the old literature for it and the, even some of the ads they're calling it Batman the animated series but it got flipped to the adventures of Batman and Robin because uh shifted during development cool, so that's Jim. like a fun cut but let's talk about this price because this is like the craziest thing and I don't understand and I and we don't have an answer so about a month ago you know this game was expensive at like $400 for a CIP and that's like just the manual cart and box, like no extra inserts or anything like an okay shape one, but there's been two crazy sales in the last uh, month. And like I say month, like last couple of days, like within a week, one was $1,400 
And that was an auction. It got bid to over $1,400. And then shortly thereafter, somebody put up a best offer at like set near 1700, like 1650. And there was an offer accepted, I think on that. Um, I'm, it, it doesn't tell me if the offer was accepted, but it shows that it sold. So I don't know what that exactly closed at, but it definitely closed for a, a good chunk of money higher than $400. Those games were very nice and they were, I won't say very nice. They were nice, but they were super complete. I don't know what happened. I don't know if, uh, something is, is going on or, you know, it was just, you know, the nicest condition one. So that happened. I don't know. We've seen people buying out uh, nice Super Nintendo games. I'm not saying like intentionally buying out every copy in the market, but we've been seeing nice copies of Super Nintendo games simply getting scooped up. And maybe it's just people are willing to pay any price because it says Batman and either they are a comic collector or selling to a comic collector and comic collectors have deeper budgets than these stupid, poor, complete in box video game collectors, Johnny. Yeah, I, I, I remind me to talk about that phenomenon, the difference between like the deeper pocket comic book collectors uh, walking into the hobby right now versus like us who have been enfranchised for a while. Um, I want I wanted to mention that. You're being uh, held back by price history, Johnny. Yes. Yeah, the so Adventures I talk- of Batman and Robin. It looks awesome, although I've never played it. So it $1,000. Yeah, $1,000. Seems right. Anyways, uh, tell them about the one you did play, I guess. You played the Genesis one, the worst uh, one? I played this this year. Uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin on Genesis is hard as fuck, and it's a beat-em-up, and I don't like beat-em-ups. I got to, like, the second level, and I could not beat the second level, Johnny. That's all I got to say about this game. It is super hard. Also, the soundtrack is done by Jesper Kidd, who just came up on the show. Uh, one of my favorite composers, uh, super complex uh, Genesis soundtrack. He really was just going balls to the wall, just showing everything he could do with a Sega Genesis soundtrack chip. I think a lot of people call it one of the best soundtracks on the Genesis. I think some of his earlier stuff might have been better because it wasn't so goddamn complex and hard to listen to, Johnny. Uh, You said that this game goes for between $80 and $150, and that kind of surprises me uh, because I've always thought of this as a relatively expensive Genesis game, and the Super Nintendo one is apparently going bananas, and this seems like the price it's always been. Yeah, uh, and it's still going for those prices. Like I've seen even a few go like without manuals for like in the forty to forty to sixty dollar range, but that's crazy town. Like I I look at this game and I always think, man, this is a Batman game uh, that I love animated series. But remember back in the day, people didn't like tied in properties as much. They were like looked down on. But now the whole market has flipped over and. Well, with comic people here, if you are looking at games based on major properties and as pop culture is a major driver now um, of price, like what is it? Is it a thing in pop culture? If so, equals expensive. I'm surprised the Genesis one hasn't gone up any more than this. And I would expect it should uh, once anyone gets aboard the Genesis train. I don't no one has. It's still in the station. Don't worry about it. It doesn't. 
you know, I mean, like, I don't want to argue for the increase in prices here, but like, uh, Spider-Man on 32X has gone like bananas well Spider-Man over $1,000 crazy town. Spider-Man on the Atari. Yeah, Spider-Man on Atari. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole different phenomenon. But yeah, um, I mean, I'm not saying everybody go buy this. Like, I feel like we, we can't say everybody go buy it, Johnny, because then we'll be manipulating the market. Yeah, um, and of course, we, we both have this game because we both have Genesis sets. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've been manipulating the market for a while, so... Yeah. It's true. I hear that you just sell a Genesis set, and then you go buy every single Genesis game again, that's, Johnny, just trying to suck up the supply. Just driving up that market. You can look, and they're, they're, it's timed with right as I sell my Genesis set, it goes up $4,000 or $10,000 or whatever as an average cost. So that was a real kick in the nuts when I was like, I think I'll buy some more Genesis games. Yeah, good job, Johnny. Did um, we say this goes between $80 and $150, and then the did. cartridge is $25? Yeah, and cartridge, a lot of them. Sure. Very uh, there's three variants. There is the... Uh, box variants, not cart variants. Yeah, three boxed variants. So the first one, I it's it's made and assembled in the USA, I think. Johnny, I, I had this up. Yeah. The first one is made and printed in the USA, and it's a cardboard slide box. The back of the manual says, now available on Game Gear. Uh, the second version is a flip-top box. And then there's also a Majesco reprint. Uh, the back of that manual says distributed by Majesco Sales Inc. And then that box is assembled in Mexico. And I don't think anyone cares or there's any price difference between this. So just don't no get a one Majesco cares. one, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like now that you know what the Majesco one is, don't buy the Majesco one. And But no one cares. It's not changing anything. All these have black and white manuals too. So you can't just be like, oh, the black and white manual is the Majesco one. That's not true. Um one thing this game has over the Super Nintendo besides the music is co-op, two-player co-op, which is fine, but uh, the game is not better than the Super Nintendo game. John, I don't know what happens. I So we played this on, on Video Game Sage Survivor. I think two people beat it, and like everyone else couldn't get past the first level. <laughs> How are people so good at video games? I, just, I mean, I, I consider you pretty good so just, at video games, so this must be real tough not if you didn't finish it. Uh, Johnny, what's the next Adventures of Batman and Robin game? Oh, man, this one's my favorite uh, for reasons. Sega CD. Woo! Yeah! Guys, let me tell you about this game. If you don't know about this game, you would put it in and you'd be like, oh, man, look at this FMV intro. It's like animated series. Like, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden you're playing a driving and flying game, which is cool to fly the Batwing and... They, you know, drive the Batmobile. That's awesome. But let's literally the whole game. It's, I think it's just all like right. It's not the worst. I mean, no, it's the. It's, it's so standard to just like, oh, we have a licensed property. Let's make a side-scrolling action game on it. So doing something different with it, I am all about. Even if it's you know just the I, driving game. But I think you, just like just the last level, you get to fly the Batwing. Yeah, but when you think about the difference between like Pitfall or whatever, which is like occurs in like usually the Genesis version, it's like a map for what that other version, the 32X or the Sega CD version looks like. You're like, oh, they've added some stuff in here, but not this one went a totally different way. And, um, you know, the best part about it is if you play through the whole game, like um, you can or you can't, it's a pain in the ass. Um it has a whole episode of Batman the Animated Series in there that you can't really get anywhere. It's noted as being the lost episode. 
See, I didn't so, know that. Know. I there's so there are like the FMV movie clips. I just assumed it was an episode because like I, I don't no. know every single episode of Batman the Animated Series. No, so, it's, uh, it's its own thing. And like the good thing, and this is like a running trend through most of these games, is they brought back all the original actors to come in and, and do it. So, you know, it really feels Oh, this like wasn't just like a cut series. episode? Like they literally made no. this episode for yeah. the game? Oh, that's fucking awesome. Right? So that's, that's like Futurama. Futurama has an episode. The game yeah. has like a, an episode that's based, that's not an episode. So that's yep. cool as hell. Yep, and that's that's why this game doesn't get enough love. It's between like I don't know, sixty to to hundred bucks, depending on like what you're looking at. Like really, that range is like seventy. You can get an okay one. So that came out in 1995. You know, that's right? like a super late Sega CD game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like that's like for me again. Like I would sit here and say all these games are kind of undervalued, except for the Super Nintendo one. Um, but yeah, that's like something I would definitely be looking at. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. games are right. Uh, Game Gear your one, Johnny. T- tell us about your favorite one, dude. I don't know anything about the Adventures of Batman and Robin on Game Gear. It's a run and gun game, or just another yeah, one of the Rob- generic platformer. Robin is captured. Go save him. Fantastic. So, like, we look at the Super Nintendo one, and it looks like the dream game to work on. Like, may- I don't know, maybe everything everyone was under crunch time when it was actually a nightmare. But like the actual design of that game looks like they went to town and had a lot of fun. And then you get to the Sega CD one and they're like, you have to make an adventures of Batman and Robin game, but you have to use, it has to be 3d. So you have to show off what the Sega CD can do. Cause God damn it guys we're four years into the Sega CD. You got to make people want to buy this piece of crap. So they were basically forced to make something stupid in 3d and then game gear. They're like, we need game gear one guys just make another running gun platform type game. Maybe it's awesome. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Eighty dollars it, it complete, is... twenty dollar cartridge. Uh, probably purely based on the Batman name. I've never heard anyone say that they played this game. Uh, yeah, I have not heard like rave reviews or anything about it. I thought it looked fine for a Game Gear game, though. It's not like the worst looking game. So uh, the Je- I, maybe it's just the Game Gear sound chip. Uh, which is just a sounds horrible, system, right? Um, sounds I awful. have bad memories associated with Game Gear because I did not like Game Gear at all. And it sounds like such a Game Gear game that it makes me not want to play it. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Anyways, this game came out in June 1995. If you care, uh, you can have it if you want it uh, for $20 as a cart, maybe even a little less. And if you want that box, well, it's about 100 to 80 to $100. It doesn't come up complete that often, like, and Game Gear gears are never nice. Like, hold, like I would say, hold out for a nice box, but who knows when that nice box is coming? So. I need to wait for my Alexa uh, notifications here, Johnny. Okay. Uh, Johnny, uh, one thing: if one person goes and buys it, they could affect the entire market because uh, boxed Game Gear games. Am I right? Yeah. Jesus. Um, what a gross thing to collect. Anyways, um, yeah, box game gear games can be a train wreck as far as prices go. So now we get into uh, where it, it kind of deviates, and you guys are like, okay, that's all the Batman the Animated Series games, right? Cool. Um, nope. <laughs> game Boy Color chimes in next, and uh, it wants you to know that it's called Batman Chaos and Gotham. This is based on... The new Batman adventure, so like Batman suit has kind of changed and everything. You can see he's like the the gray suit with like the black bat, no yellow or anything. Um, 
that's the most interesting thing to tell you about this game. It's kind of expensive. Uh, it's like 20 bucks for a cart on that. And it's like 80 to 100 in box and kind of going up right now. I don't like, I don't know what's going on with Game Boy Color, but the price is creeping right now. People are buying out Game Boy Color. I don't advocate for this. I, like Game Boy Color, Tyler and I agree on this, is like the middle worst child of the Game Boy systems. Like just like, what's the point? Um, it's it's like the worst system Nintendo's ever made. Uh, okay, they made Virtual Boy wow. and some other weird shit. But yeah, I don't like Game Boy Color at all. I mean, I bet the box is not the easiest to come by. Like $100 no. for a Game Boy Color game seems like a deal compared to 350 for the Game Boy game. Uh, yeah. But the Game Boy game also seems more than three times as cool as the Game Boy Color game. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I like the box is fine. Everything. Anyway, also, yeah. the music in this game sucks. Like, go. I don't know. How do games get worse over time, Johnny? Go listen. Everyone go to YouTube. Look up Batman, the animated series on Game Boy. You're going to be like, damn, Slaps. these tunes are kicking. And you go to yeah. the Game Boy Color game. and It's just like bleeps and bloops. Like, okay, I guess. Thanks for this game. It's like, whatever. Now, this is like a really good one, Tyler. Tell me about the first uh, Batman animated series game on the PS1. The only one? I thought you were going to tell me the, the first Batman racing game, but that's definitely not nope. true. Uh, Batman Gotham City Racer on the PlayStation 1. Uh, how can I describe this game, Johnny? It it looks like Crazy Taxi. Imagine the Crazy Taxi interface. Maybe it's like Driver, actually. So you're driving around Gotham. You got your little GPS map, and there's an arrow at the top of the screen, usually pointing to a bad guy you got to blow up or something you got to do. Uh, and the controls look horrible. Just about everything in this game uh, looks absolutely horrible, Johnny. But uh, it's, uh, it's not very impressive. It's 35 bucks. Second game of second Batman game where all you do is drive. You know, are we, yeah. are we missing one? I don't know. But because no. uh, Raw Thrills came out with the arcade game in like 2009, something like that. You just drive the, the Batmobile around. So and uh, I was confused by this because I'm like, why are there two Batman driving games? Why would anyone want this? And you brought up a good point, Tyler. What was that point? People just want to drive the Batmobile, Johnny. What do you mean? That's yeah. my point. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was like, well, you said that, and I like, I really had not considered that. I was just be like, why would you want to? Do, like for me, Batman's all about the action of whatever is happening. And then you're like, people want to drive the Batmobile, Johnny. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That yeah, it makes sense now. I mean, it's also like for a modern arcade game. Like there, there's obviously the group of people that goes and they get good at games. And like things like beat em ups and stuff, like you got people who come back and replay. But I feel like the audience for an arcade game is someone who is going to spend a dollar at the movie theater and then never play the game again. So that modern Batman driving game is just like balls to the wall, driving fast as hell through Gotham. Everything is blowing up. You like barely have to do anything. Everything's just blowing up and you win. Uh, and it seems like a good experience for someone who's going to play a game once. Yeah, I look, I just think about my time playing Batman Arkham City and just, like what a great story it is and like Batman and the Joker's back in Batman's head and how good it is and how much I enjoy like the whole plot of that game and then how much I really hated driving the Batmobile in that game. Anyways, this game, game came out. Yeah, yeah uh, you should go play this one. It's awesome. Uh, 
This game came out on April 19th in 2001. Woo! And the only, I said the first one because there is a Batman Return of the Joker, which is Batman Beyond um, animated game. You could technically count. Doesn't if we count. were expanding, if we were expanding our, you know, our show. Get Batman Beyond out of my episode, Johnny. It's out. This episode wasn't even supposed to happen. It needs to be as short as possible. All right. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about all these good ones. Because uh, we're coming in at the end of it. Guys, there's a game called Batman Vengeance. And it is on four systems. It's on the PS2, the GBA, the GameCube, the Xbox. This came out in around October of 2001. And uh, these are, I'll list them kind of in sequential order. So the PS2 came first, GBA, then it was GameCube, and then it was Xbox. Because it goes from October to December as far as the release dates on this, which... Um, I don't know if it was a timed exclusive or not, but hey, that happened. And, uh, you know, it's not an expensive game. It is kind of a new property. It's got like an interesting storyline. The premise is like the Joker. Um, he has this fight with Batman. He fakes his death so we can go enact his, like what his real plot is in secret. So Batman won't be after him. And like, he does this long chain of things and all the stuff you are fighting in the game has really been all part of the Joker's plot to like release Joker toxin into the city. Like he affects Mr. Freeze and he like, he just like has this whole thing. Everything has been, you know, the Joker puppet mastering this whole episode, which I think is like a cool premise for a game. But in reality, like as cool as all that sounds, it's just like this came out in 2001 on those systems, as we said. So what happens is you get this like pretty mediocre, 3d kind of adventure game it's like it's, it's not great it's fine i, mean, it's uh, like I enjoyed it year for wait wait 2000 was xbox even out in 2001 am i, am I did xbox come did out in I, 2001 I, i'm like did i write it wrong like this is og did. xbox i'm like oh, am i, am I <laughs> was this I like the wrong this, is, this is like year? practically a launch title for the xbox this came out like a month after the xbox existed i didn't know that yeah. but I yeah mean, so was... because it's early it is probably a janky as hell uh, platformer. Yeah, it's yeah, no, it, yeah, it's 2001. I'm not wrong. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Xbox came out in 2001. I don't know why I thought it came out in 2002, Gianni. Yeah, I mean, it is not. It's not great. Um, and but of as course, you might uh, all four of these versions are different from another, just like Adventures of Batman and Robin. So why don't you start with the PS2 version and tell us what that is? Um, no, these are like mostly the same, except for the GBA one. Um. I'm not going to go into the nuanced differences of these. They start to tighten that up a little bit as, as uh, cross-platforming becomes more of a thing in in this era of gaming. But, you know, the GBA game, you're not going to expect an, like a 3D adventure game. It's uh, kind of like that 2.5D-ish uh, side-scroller. But, you know, so I am strongly against the... I mean, against in terms of collecting. Like, it's fine that games come out in every platform now, but it's super boring... That starting in this era, like we just have like seven platforms and they're like, this game is on everything. But the GBA one is usually like an entirely different game. So I think yeah. the GBA stuff is usually underappreciated, uh, at least a little bit, because like you might look at Batman Vengeance and you're like, yeah, it's a $10 game. It's everywhere. It's the same on every platform. But, you know, did you play the GBA version? All these GBA games for all these like super going to be different franchises are different. So I think uh, you're, you're doing the right thing by collecting GBA is what I'm saying, Johnny. Oh, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. GBA is 
an awesome system. I, it is underappreciated and has like a bunch of like weird, unique titles in the era of cross-platforming. But those titles, uh, it's like crossing over from the Super Nintendo to the Genesis. They're just not the same. Uh, it's a totally different deal. And I like that about it. Yeah, I'm in. Because, you know, I'm, I'm in for exclusives and so much of that crap on GBA is exclusive. You know, there's also a lot of garbage on GBA. There's so many games. Yeah, um, like like this should be considered uh, like this version of the game should actually be called something else because it is like an exclusive title. This is not it, like you they'll be like, oh, this is not an exclusive, but it really is. It is an exclusive experience for the GBA that you won't get on the other systems. I'm sure it makes it easier to market when you just have the same name across I'm, all these different games. I'm sure. Um, anyways, there's a nice copy up right now for like a nice-ish for $45. And this game is actually kind of hard to find sometimes. Um, I think I paid more than that. So that's a hell of a deal. If anyone's listening, go grab that. Um, uh, also, the PAL one has a different box, just so you guys know. Johnny, did we say that when we brought up uh, Legend of Hero Tanma on the show, it, like, Three hours after the episode went up, this game that had been sitting for weeks sold. No, did it? Oh, yeah. Like, immediately after the episode went up, someone went and bought it. They're like, what? There's a good deal, and this game hasn't sold a nice copy in, like, years? Yeah, someone went and bought that. Oh, do So, shout out to whoever bought that. Good purchase, in my opinion. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> I agree. Like, I, I, <laughs> like, I just, I wonder if we actually ever affect the market. I don't, I don't think we're those guys, but. I mean, we're not trying to be, but I think when we say dumb stuff like that, we do sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm recommending this just because, like, sometimes like, we look at auctions and we'll be like, "This is the only one." Like this Batman GBA game that no one wants. Like someone might listen to that and go spend forty five dollars on that, Johnny. And now when the next one comes up, they're going to be like, "Oh, that one sold for forty five. I'm going to list I paid mine more. for 60. I paid more for mine like three years ago. Like, I don't understand in the world of like price hikes why this one is sitting here at forty four dollars. Like it's 2018 it's over here. Batman Vengeance. It's like go <laughs> no in the world of game like also GBA g prices get real stupid real quick like so let's not like throw that out the window. That's true. Uh, and I mean it's Batman in a world of like I feel like all the games that like really got hit by like the comic influence have a lot of been Marvel games and Batman has largely been overlooked. So now is your time if you don't own a Batman game to go buy it even though there's been like some okay DC movies, not all of them. A lot of them have been real bad. So I think that's like suppressed the market weirdly in the games realm because people don't have as like pleasant of thoughts about Batman right now. I'm just telling you that will shift at one point and people will remember Batman is awesome. And $44 right now, $44.99 best offer. That's a hell of a deal. Like I, I so John, it's going to be I gone before this that. episode. Like Marvel up. is super hot right now. And DC is, they're not like completely garbage. Like they, they, they have periods where they have been completely garbage right now. They put out some okay stuff. Uh, but when like the next dark Knight trilogy comes out, whatever it is, like the next really serious, like this movie's going to win fucking Oscars movie. I guess Joker won like a billion Oscars. Yeah. But, but you know that was, I mean. yeah, but that was kind of not Batman. You know? Um, yeah, but like when DC is cool again, I agree that there might be more hype behind DC stuff than Marvel stuff. But at the same time, I hate the notion that like, whatever the most popular thing determines comic prices and video game prices. Cause how much of the comic market is determined by what's on fucking TV and like Netflix, or I don't know where all these shows are, but uh, like, shouldn't the, the comics determine comic prices, not WandaVision. <laughs> it, it's, 
I so I, I don't like the you know the concept the, the of waiting cr- for DC to be hot again or something. Yeah, I mean, right now Marvel's like it's crazy. All these things, like if you're in the world of uh, comics, all these things are becoming keys or something because they're like you know they've existed in comics forever, but like the minute it's going to get any kind of screen time, crazy. Like just characters you never cared about at all suddenly exploding in value, like it. It's real rough out there, guys. Uh, I like. I hope you don't collect comics because what a nightmare comics are. Uh, to, I wish I could collect comics more so I could just tell you like all the cool stuff I could find. That's like two dollars, Johnny. Because there's probably there's so many comics that no one cares about, and I'd be able to find value in them. Call back See, to a previous I, episode. I don't know if you would because the comic resources are so good. That's right. Use Comic Tom One Hundred One <laughs> Best Code for our app. Key comic or key comic collectors, best comic resource there is, guys. Go ahead and get. Uh, make sure to hit that like button, slap the subscribe button, do it. How much are uh, how much are Sonic comics? Because that's what I read as a kid a lot. I read a lot of Sonic. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, uh, I joke about that key collector app, but it is useful. So, <laughs> I, I just love that he shamelessly just like every time just drops that in there. He's just got like it, it's like he hit a button in his brain and just like spits out his promo it's like it's if i wasn't watching it live i would think it was pre-recorded wait he does that live well like yeah like on each episode oh. he says that live like he oh, just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not a, live as in professional like, johnny i mean come on yeah, i mean he's got his own variants um anyways johnny the price of batman vengeance on all these platforms i thought was interesting mm-hmm. so gba is 45 dollars for like the rarer cardboard box version which yeah i guess uh, people don't care about as much that it's definitely a more reasonable price compared to the other ones, uh, which are 10 to $15 on GameCube and Xbox and like 20, $25 on PS2. This game, it's not much more expensive. It's definitely significantly, slightly significantly more expensive on PS2, which I thought was interesting. Uh, cause you would think that maybe the most common version, cause obviously PS2 was on fire in 2001. And, uh, I don't know. You would think the Nintendo one is the most expensive, wouldn't you? I would 100% think that. Is it not? No, it's 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 at least Why? five to ten dollars more on PlayStation. But it's you so know weird. what, Johnny? It could be because the PlayStation version came out October 15th, as opposed to the GameCube and Xbox versions, which came out in November and December. And people are looking for that first print of Batman Vengeance. Oh yeah. But see, in my brain, I would say now that you know. Once these pop reports can come out, you're going to find out that the one on GameCube sold a lot less. They made a lot less of them, so that's going to be the rare one. Saying. (laughs) I mean, maybe. But also, GameCube got there uh, way before Christmas. So uh, people had a chance to buy that for Christmas, whereas Xbox, December 18th, not really giving people a chance to get that for Christmas. So that might be the worst selling one, guys. Go invest in Batman Vengeance on Xbox. (laughs) Uh, maybe don't invest in these as uh, hey it says batman you can invest in it go find a batman vengeance vhs tape uh that's not a thing johnny what's our last game oh well it's another one of these giant cross platformers what's uh (sighs) it's batman rise of sinzu i'm not sure if i said that exactly right so just this is how i've always said it uh so you know don't don't hurt me guys if i got it wrong um Anyways, you can find this on the GameCube, the PS2, the, and the Xbox, and all, I'm sorry, the GBA as well. 
And it's weird here. The first release was actually on the GBA. Do you think it's weird that it came out? Or, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. Oh, these aren't in order. Whew. Oh. I was wrong. It actually came out first on the PS2 and Xbox, and then the GBA, and then the GameCube. So that's your so release order. It's really weird to me. So what is it? It's a, it's like a week in between the Xbox PS2 and then the Game Boy Advance version came out a week or yeah. two later. And then the GameCube one came out a week Come or two on. after that. And it was kind of similar with the uh, the last game, Batman Vengeance, where like the the releases are all about the same time, but a couple months apart. It just seems like the releases were poorly coordinated. It doesn't seem like, oh, this one was the first one. It's just, I don't understand what happened here. I don't either. And it's, um, you know, it, it's one of those ones where you're just like, what is going on? And you look at cross-platforming today and it's uh, a lot more efficient. So, I. Uh, so Whatever. we've uh, we've talked about this game before. This is the game that comes in the big box with the uh, Batgirl or Batman figures or yeah. Nightwing or Robin. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you the quick rundown. Okay. First off, there's big boxes for all three are uh, for three of the systems: GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. Only the PS2 and the Xbox come with figures, and only the Xbox has. Uh, Xbox only has, I should say, uh, Batman and Batgirl. Batman and Batgirl are also on the PS2, but the PS2 has Nightwing and Robin. I've never seen a Nightwing or Robin on uh, on the Xbox. That could be wrong, but I've never seen one. I asked a few other like big collectors. They had they don't have them. Uh, I mean, I don't know how people how hard people are looking at this, but like I've I've done some searches. I didn't see it, so. That's the figures. There's four figures. Batman, Batgirl, Nightwing, and Robin. Nightwing and Robin, PS2 only. The other two, on both. Now, there's the GameCube one. And I, I don't know what the hell was going on here, but they put in a lithograph in the back of the box. Yeah. Like, like an animated figure is cool, especially, like, Batman animated figure toys were all over at this time. Like, everyone, they still are doing them. Like, you'll still still see them in uh, Blu-rays and stuff that get special editions. Why the hell do you think I want a Jim Lee, or it's not even a Jim Lee, just a lithograph of this stupid game, which cover isn't, like, great or anything. I don't want this. And then, like, the cooler thing is they put in, like, Jim Lee is uh, starting his run at Batman th this time. He's doing these amazing covers. And they let him do a sketch uh, of that. The Jim Lee, there's a sketch on the cover which uh, of the manual, which is not the same on the Xbox or um, the PS2. So I don't know what this is, or even the GBA. Like, you get this really cool cover for the manual. Like, why didn't why didn't they do better here? Like, if if you were going to do something different, just do something entirely different. Also, it's not even a original art, so it's not like Jim Lee is sketching uh, something from Rise of Sinzu. He's just like one of his comic covers. Uh, uh, Johnny, it's because Nintendo is for kids at this time, and yeah. all the the real cool people had PlayStation. Well, and Xbox. if it's for kids, then why would you give them a lithograph? <laughs> No, they, not an action figure. Action figures aren't for kids. They're they're called whatever. What are action figures called? I, I don't know. Is there some adult name for action figures? Like, no, I, like action figure, I think, is the. Oh, that's the adult name versus like doll. Yeah, um, doll or toy. Yeah, they're they're for adult collectors, Johnny. I, at this time, not really, though, because this is like when Batman animated figures had like Batman in like 
orange camouflage, which makes like no sense. Like every version of Batman you could ever think it would exist. Like underwater ski Batman. You're like, okay, you know, only Arctic, Arctic terrain Batman. You're like, okay, I guess that could be a costume. Um, they should do in the Lego games. They should have all the costumes they ever made for Batman in the toys as skins. I'm just saying. Anyways, uh, yeah, Rise of Sinzu on the GBA, totally a different thing. It is a, this is like a, again, side scrolling, like beat em up platformer versus like these 3D world ones. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's a fine game. It's a fine game. It's got an original story that takes place with Batman, the animated series characters and universe. So it's on the list, but, um, yeah. They can get expensive if you want the figures. Uh, like a big box will cost you about $160. The GameCube for that lithograph, about $100 to $125. Uh, if you want them without the big boxes, they get really cheap. Like you can get Rise of Sinzu on the Xbox for $15, $20 on the PlayStation all day. Uh, but the GameCube one is like $65 or something, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> Just like, what? I can't figure out what we're doing with these prices, guys. Like, like, all right, that GameCube one is more no, expensive. Johnny, no one can figure out GameCube prices right now. GameCube <laughs> yeah. collectors can't figure out GameCube prices right now. Anyways, that's all we have to say about Batman the Animated No, Johnny, games. I think you you oh. missed something important with this oh, game. Oh, did I? Uh, a warning to maybe modern collectors uh, who think that they're definitely going to uh, retire off their investments. So... I'll say the PS2 and Xbox versions of Rise of Sinsu are the cool ones. They're the ones that come with the figures, exclusive figures for different games. You might have to buy the game twice to get all the figures or like four times to get all the figures across different platforms. And these games aren't rare, first of all, and there's new old stock available. It's really surprising to me that these actually go for $160 right now. But Where are you finding new old stock? Uh, I'm deal. Is it not on eBay? I'm pretty sure like deal tavern or one of those guys like has a palette of these probably but i think everything like that got pulled and now everyone's like yeah like it might not be be for sale right now but it's it's sitting in the warehouse it's not lost in the warehouse he might just be waiting for it to appreciate because he definitely rotates his stock it might not be deal tavern it might be another one of these guys but um so those are 160 dollars right now and if you were in 2003 a batman collector looking at this you'd be like exclusive figures in the limited edition one. I got to go get the commemorative edition. Oh, there's also a Game Boy Advance one. Like for kids, it's another generic platform game. So the Game Boy Advance copy, there are no sold copies on eBay right now. And the lowest asking price is $175. So I I mean, just because they're asking that doesn't mean it's worth that. But the Game Boy Advance copy is clearly the most exciting collectible version of this game. Way harder to find. Uh, and that's like Batman Vengeance and, and Rise of Sinzu that they like used to compete on like prices. Sinzu was always like more expensive and a little more rare, but like they were both hard to find. So that's why I'm saying that $45 one. What the hell? Don't understand. We're hyping it. CQ hype. Get the train going. Hype train. We really get that soundboard. Get that train sound effect in there. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving the station. All right. All right. I just wanted to get that in about the pricing. Um, Oh, you know what? I, I'm doing us a disservice. There is one more. This is the actual CQ spec pick. Guys, 
Uh, Johnny, there's no more Batman the Animated Series video games. Oh, there is, though. There's the Batman the Animated Series Tiger LCD. I think we need to have a debate on what video game means, Johnny, because that's not video. One day we will, but not (laughs) now. Right now, you can buy it new in its uh, horrible packaging for $200, that horrible plastic, not the art. It's actually a fine looking game or you can go buy one for like $15. This game came out in 1992. So technically this is the real first Batman, the animated series game. Actually, like it says 1992 on the trademark and that's like what people put as the date, but there's not like great data on that. That might just be the trademark for Batman, the animated series as a thing. But if not like Batman, the animated series premiered in September of 1992, that's an incredibly small window to launch an LCD game. Unless that's really all the effort it takes. So, uh, yeah, if they did that, great. But I don't know if 1992 is the real price. Don't buy the LCD games. Uh, and I think I if you had do, this. like, this looks really. I don't familiar. know. Like, it's fine. It's fine if you want to like own it. But like, where are you gonna put them? Uh, if you do it because you love it, then do whatever you want. But uh, there's like four I don't different know. villains in this game, and since yep. it's a tiger game, that means there's like no animation for any of them. They all just show up in different spots of the screen. Yep. Oh, Riddler has two different spots he shows up. Wow. Oh. These Tiger games, what a challenge it must be to design these. Like, they, they're garbage, but, like, it, it must have been something to cram every single spot on the screen with, like, a useful, uh, not sprite, whatever, a useful character or action to display. Weird thing. It is a weird thing. All right. That's it. Tyler, uh, we did the Batman episode. It's done. We've done the animated series one, but if you noticed on this document, it's called Batman Games, and I have tabs for other other uh, series available. So uh, you guys you? need more of that. You Batman didn't share content. the other tabs with me, Johnny. Um, it just says Batman. <laughs> the other tab is just says Batman. Anyways, uh, that's why the the title of the document is Batman Games, not Batman the Animated Series. So we can throw Whoa. more on here later. Whoa! If you enjoy this kind of stuff. Anyways, this was totally a Johnny episode. Uh, apologies for all the numbers thrown at you. Uh, but I hope you have a good Batman day. And if you love Batman like I do, go buy some of these games. They are awesome. Go some buy that GBA game. Ju- like, guarantee someone's going to buy that. It's going to be sold day before after this episode, episode comes up. It's yeah. going to be gone. It's going to be gone if before this episode. you don't buy it, someone else is going to. So you're listening right now. Go buy it. Yeah. How we would you be listening? no financial interest in this game, to be clear. Uh, yeah. uh, do either of us own You probably own one. I definitely yeah, I don't own, own one. I own it. Tyler, okay. why aren't you buying this game? Because I do not care. Oh, okay. That's fair. Bad deal. Vengeance. All right. Let's uh, let's move to. Uh, do we got a question, Tyler, or you want to skip a question? And just go to. Uh... Nope. Nope. This is Fine. this is a real episode, Johnny. Just because okay. it's a fake episode for us doesn't mean it's not a real episode for. It's listeners. not a fake episode for me. It's a real episode for me. <laughs> You're the contrarian here. Uh, who's like, I don't fucking Batman. Who cares? I care. Swear to me. Is that is that okay? All right. Daddy Mulk asks, I have not even read this question yet. All right. So here's a question for the podcast and discuss it in the other room if you want, whatever. Uh, What's the most you've paid for a single video game and which game and what do you think your limit is? So uh, Daddy Mulk's going ahead and going to ask us about our personal finances, Johnny. Uh Oh, I don't know. What what is the most you've ever paid? Do you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, you, I know what you, you... We talked about yours. Go ahead, though. Just remind the people what the uh, most you paid on a game. I paid it to another Collector's Quest uh, co-host. I bought his Outback Joey cartridge. 
Uh, the one with the square corners on the label, the fake one. No, the fake one. Um, a game I don't believe is part of the Sega Genesis set, and I am very vocal about that, but I also didn't want to be saying that and like feel like I'm trying to convince myself, even though I still very much feel it is not part of the Sega Genesis set. Uh, I still think it's a cool collectible. I don't have like the whole Harpy personal trainer, but you know what? Uh, did I say it was like $2,500, which, yeah, shitload of money, but... Is that, and that's more than you paid for Genesis your sealed Mario 64 and Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, both of those were less, yeah. Okay, now which is more valuable? Uh, like, what's my most valuable game? It's probably my Mario 64, I think. Yeah. I spent like $900 on that. It's it's an 8.5 A+. So you tell me what that's worth, 10 grand? Ooh, uh, oh, God, probably more than that. In a world where it can sell for, uh, you know, $1.5 million. Well, we gotta we gotta wait for the golden auctions to end, Johnny, because there's two more sealed Mario 64s, uh, both like mint VGA 95. You see, I'm, I have to explain this to you. You probably don't even know this. There's a VGA 95 and a WADA 9.8 A plus plus, Johnny, ending okay, at the same so time. Okay, so v- VGA uh, 8.5 translates into a, a WADA 9.5. So what does a what? VGA 9? Uh, five translate ninety five translate into would it be like a nine nine on Wada? Probably. Like if you were going to say that, like in in raw numbers for most games, or uh, the way to say it is VGA is more granular at the tippy tippy top level, so it is definitely more prestigious numerically at least. I don't I haven't looked at the actual games closely, but a VGA ninety five is definitely more prestigious than a nine point eight A plus plus. Uh, yeah, except uh, if you want to sell it on Heritage Auction where all the money happens, you're going to have to break it out of that stupid shell. But see, Johnny, that's so I actually think I I know I don't think there's been like crazy stuff in the video game market. I do think that these are going to sell for more than one point five million dollars. I could be wrong. I like no one has any idea what these are going to go. These could go for four hundred thousand um, dollars. They're going I, for less. I still think we're we're going to the moon uh, <laughs> for the short uh, for the near future, at least. So you're going, um, let's do it right now. You're oh, over, uh, over on 1.5? 2 million for WADA, 1.6 for VGA. What's up? You know, well, my guess might be stupid, but you know what? Every price in this market is stupid. I'm going to say under 1.5. And I hope, I hope to God I'm right. Uh, either way, I like, there's going to be so many eyes on this auction. It's going to be really interesting. If it goes for like well under 1.5 million, are people going to be like, the game's market is dead? But uh, no, they're not. Because everyone... Everyone has to keep up the happy face, even if they, they're like secretly like, uh-oh, did we hit the peak? Thanks, uh, Carl, for killing games. So the funny thing on the VGA 95 is, though, that like you would be buying this because you would want to flip it, right? No one is is going to spend a million dollars in a video game because like, oh, I decided this year that I really need this game in my personal collection. But it would be so much easier to flip it in a wad of case on like Heritage Auctions. But... Even though the 95 is, you know, technically the higher grade, what if you send it to WADA and either in shipping it gets a little damaged or when they like break it out of the case, something happens and it gets like a 9.6 A++ instead of the 9.8 that you would think is a shoe in and all of a sudden you've lost what, a million dollars on your game? More than that? It's See, there's so much risk in buying the VGA one. I think it's going to sell for literally hundreds of thousands of dollars less than the WADA one, even though technically it might be in slightly, slightly. Look, we already know what the protocol here is, right? You have to go to WADA, sue them for the damages, explain to them. There's a really interesting (laughs) article (laughs) written. 
this is all a joke, guys. This is me referencing Seth, the Seth Abramson or whatever his name is article, the Fever Dream article. Uh, yeah, don't <laughs> don't bother. Uh, man, it's been like week. It feels like it's been weeks without drama, John. I need a new article or a new YouTube video. Someone needs to yeah, just stir well, up I mean, some shit. Well, look, there's drama happening. You know that guy's all over the place. Uh, write more articles, and uh, that guy Carl is all over the place doing more interviews and stuff. But like so. people are interviewing Carl. <laughs> it's like I Carl needs to interview people or like something. Does I, he? I don't know. I Does he need the, to interview uh, people? I don't know. Isn't, let's not have that. Let's not he, have this. Debate. All right. You're right. Johnny, what's the most expensive game you've bought? Um, I don't know. Um, I, it's not Outback Joey. It's close. I, it might be, um, Magical Chase, I think the most expensive one I paid for. Because I think I paid over $2,000 for that. Because uh, I have a couple games that are like right at $2,000. Um, uh, yo, Johnny, $2,000 is a lot to a lot to pay for a video game. Even though when you look is. at all this crazy high-end market, it doesn't seem like it anymore. Uh, still a lot to pay for a video game. Oh, it's a super high amount. Like, like, don't, almost unfathomable. It. Yeah, no, so was Magical Chase. So, uh, yeah, Magical pay- Chase I paid 2500 for. And also to a, other hosts of this show. So, that's funny that both of our most expensive purchases were to him. Uh, after that, it's like Extratainment Mountain Bike Rally was like $1,800. Uh, Outback Joey was 1800 So, I didn't, I've actually only, crest, or was that 2000 It's like right there. Those are the games I paid the most for, those three. So, there you and go. what do you think your limit is, Johnny? Oh, it's at like $2,500, I think. Um, yeah. So the interesting thing that I did, like, because uh, I bought that first print Harry Potter, uh, the British soft cover, uh, first edition, first print. And that was more. That was like 7000 or 6000 something that we paid for that. And it was like a really big hurdle for me to get over. Like, because my cap for games has always been like, I could never spend more than, you know, $2,000 on a game. I did it for Magical Chase, and I, I felt really horrible about that. I uh, did not like spending that money. Aside from that, you know, I like, it's happened a couple other times in all of my collecting history. Uh, and I reserve like one purchase a year that could go over $1,000 is typically what I do. Like, uh, like once a year, I allow myself to reach beyond what, where, where my comfort is. Um, so I, my limit is still, I, I want to say around $2,000. Thankfully, like I'm near the end, but there's, uh, you know, if I want to complete some of like the GBA, like sometimes games get around a thousand dollars and that's going to be hard. I, I think my limit is actually smaller now as I need less things in general, um, like for just a general game, but it, like if I wanted something extremely nice, my, my budget could maybe go over that i don't know if any of that makes sense sounds like rambling in my head i'm sure it made sense to someone johnny <laughs> um, not to you you're you were listening did it make sense to you you're it like, made oh, sense johnny sure i'll i'll lie to you um yeah thanks appreciate it yeah i would uh i mean my limit i think is higher because i do eventually want a loose stadium events uh but it's not gonna that money wouldn't be coming out of my bank account if i ever bought it and i wouldn't buy it at current prices right now uh, it would be like I sell a bunch of nice games and then, you know, pay 15 grand for stadium events or whatever it's worth. 
Uh, well, see, not whatever it's worth, because I think it's uh, loose copies, at least, are, are overpriced, I think, right now. But, you know, keep in mind, I'm also, I'm not looking for it right now, but I am someone who wants one. So, of course, I would say it's overpriced. But, yeah, other than that, like, when you get up to, like, $1,000 for a video game, like, Bucky O'Hare, it's so, how many, how many people listening to the show right now have sent me Bucky O'Hare's for sale? It's been crazy. Like, I've had a dozen people who are like, yo, check it out, a, a Bucky O'Hare's for sale, or I've got this nice Bucky O'Hare. And, uh, yes, I want that, and at the same time, for $1,000 or whatever a Bucky O'Hare costs right now, there are so many games, because I'm, I'm not hyper-focused on NES. I am, I'm buying ZX Spectrum games. I need a copy of Chucky Egg, the original Chucky Egg for ZX Spectrum. I don't think I can find a copy. I can find plenty of like later releases and Chucky Egg 2, but I can't find a, a 20 pound copy of Chucky Egg, which would be worth to me, maybe not as much as Bucky O'Hare, but it's again, something that's like on my want list. And there's so many games like that, that it makes it harder to pay more for games when I, I see so many things that are valuable to me that are in the not lower digit. Like if you spend a hundred dollars in Japan, you can get something really nice. And you spend a hundred dollars in America, you can't even get Batman Rise of Sin Sue on GBA. So uh yeah, I think cool. I think my limit will eventually be high enough to get a loose stadium events. But uh right now it's it's not very high just because I'm buying so many different things. Okay. That's fair. Uh, I Yeah, it's crazy to think about. I, I'm in the same boat. Like, it's very hard for me even to get, like, the idea of spending $1,000 on a video game right now is crazy. Uh, but this is what I want to talk about. So price memory and how that hurts you. So I've been in the hobby for a long time. So seeing these crazy prices to me is like, oh my God, I can't believe anybody would pay that. But like, I, you know, I'm trying to buy Batman comics and a lot of them are kind of keys and stuff. Um, but Batman collecting is a weird thing because I the weird thing about it is like, you'll never own the best thing in Batman unless you are a true rich person, right? Like I'll never own a Batman one. And so there's no like set collecting. It's just like, I just get some cool covers I like and then call it good. But you know, I walk in and I'm like, oh yeah, this, uh, this Batman 251, I guess like $500 for like this one, which is okay. And then there's like, uh, you know, cause they're all graded now. All comics is just graded. And you're like, oh, the 9.8 is like so many thousands of dollars. I guess this this one that presents well at like 500 is reasonable. I'll just buy that. But I have no idea because I'm new, right? Like I don't have a big, like I said, I didn't collect comics. I own a bunch of comics, but I didn't collect them. I read them kind of. Uh, I bought them and kept them in boxes and read them online mostly. But I don't have any memory of like what the price should be. So people tell me, oh man, that book was like a $10 book. I mean, all comics at some point were like, you know, some... Eight cents, ten cents, twelve cents. Uh, you know, current prices three ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Like that are now hundred dollar books and stuff. But I just don't have in my head when I'm like, oh yeah, two fifty one. Maybe uh, before the boom in collectibles right now, uh, maybe that was two hundred dollars for that version. And people cannot believe it is five hundred dollars now. I have no idea. I'm just like, yeah, I guess that's reasonable. That's what people are paying. I only know what the market price is. And that, and whether that's good or bad, I, I look now within what the current market price looks like and go, oh, I think this is a deal on this one versus what other stuff is out there. I don't have, like I said, I have no price. See, memory you don't there. have like that. It's freeing price memory. I kind of do the opposite where I'm ignoring current market prices 
uh, for individual games. I'm considering the market as a whole compared to like what the past three sales were on eBay for some stupid game, just because the market is obviously, you know, out of control. Stuff is spiking out of nowhere. Uh, So rather than so uh, this Batman vengeance on GBA, like it's already gone. Like if you got to this point in the episode and you're the second person to listen to the episode, it's gone. Batman vengeance on GBA, Johnny. $45. So I'm not saying, okay, the last one sold for $45. So $45 for this one seems like an okay deal. What I would do is, okay, let me think. It it has no gameplay value to me. I I mean, I don't have any nostalgia. It's not on any top 10 lists. It's just Batman Vengeance on GBA. So what does it have going for it? Nintendo game. It's a cardboard box game. It's a Batman game. So let's just look at the games on this list. It is the cheapest cardboard box Batman game by like half the price. It is like by far the cheapest cardboard box game. Other than the Game Gear game, it's probably the rarest cardboard box game, at least in terms of copies that are available right now. And it's a Batman game. So $45 to me, like 100% worth it uh, compared to everything else I could do with that $45 in terms of buying Nintendo cardboard or Batman games. Uh, So that's more how I look at things now. Because okay. you get if you look at those past few prices, whether it's eBay or heritage auctions, it's like you kind of have to take on faith that they're all legit sales. And it, there wasn't like either a fake sale or like some crazy FOMO guy or someone like intentionally trying to pump up the price by bidding, quote unquote, too high on something. Uh, so I, I do that. And then I see things like Bucky O'Hare going to thirteen hundred dollars. I'm like, you know what? Forget that. That's ridiculous. Um, but then there's other games I look at. You know, uh, an example I gave recently, Air Fortress on NES. Air Fortress is a cool game. It's $30 complete in box. If I were to make up a price and there was no price history for that game, I would say like, I don't know, $60, $70? So that price to me, based on how cool I think a game is, that seems too low. So uh, I don't know. You know, that's that's no no one who's like crunching numbers all the time is going to take that advice. But that's what I do now. Ignore price history. OK. Oh, I forgot the sh- uh, our fun fact of the episode. Harlequin came from Batman, the animated series. Um, there you go. I, yeah. Price is weird. Uh, I think new people walking into the hobby, they aren't burdened with knowledge. You we we have a weird burden of knowledge in games that um maybe increases our ability to get deals or maybe it holds us back. Uh, because I, I don't know if I can, at least for me, I don't know if I can decouple myself from my price memory. When I look at games or I'm looking for like value, I, I'm not specking on games or anything. I'm not buying games to sell. So I, I don't have to do it. But like, if I was, that would be pretty hard for me. I think I, it would just be hard. Like, and you're in the same value. Look, cause you're not valuing things the way the market values things. For me, it would be hard to like look at this and be like, yeah, that's a sweet deal. Um, I get people who ask me, they're like, hey, Johnny, what do you think of the price of this one? And I'm just like, man, that is expensive. <laughs> I, mean, I like, I mean, especially because I like if I already own the game and like I have a lot of games, so I'm not trying to be braggy, but like I own a lot of games. Um, so when someone comes up and I, especially if I already own it, I'm like, damn, f- oh, don't spend that much money on the game. But I, I have to like, I have to like go, okay. 
Uh, be a reasonable human, Johnny. Go look at what they're actually selling for. Is this person getting a good price or a bad price? And I, I actually have to go into research mode to answer like what people think is a basic question for me now. And, and I'm not discouraging. Like, please ask me if you guys have questions. But uh, I can't. I can't just like go off the hip anymore. It's too hard. Go uh, off the hip you know. on everything, and the answer is always buy it, Johnny. Bye, 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 bye. That's what I'm doing. With five years, so everything's going to be ten times the price. Do it. I, I'm. I'm going to just do, I'm going to buy everything. Um, I'm only buying graded games now and only in grades of five or less. So send me all your 5.0s or lower. I'm just uh, kidding. I'm not buying graded games. All right. Let's move on to uh, the second part of the show, Tyler. Oh, the second part. I, this wasn't part of the yeah, second the sec- part? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. This, the middle part. Now the we have a second half part. of the show, actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely half. So let's go on to the end of the show where we talk about what we bought and uh, what we played. If anything, Tyler... I think we have, I think we're twinsies. I think we oh. both bought the same thing. Oh, what did you buy? Because I didn't was... know what to say. Uh, I, I, I bought so much stuff, I don't know what to say, Johnny. Okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll go first, because I know you bought it. Maybe, I hope you didn't say it last show, but Autobahn Belize. I can't say it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I bought a copy of Autobahn Belize. Is it Polizia? Um, it's probably police. I, I don't really know. I'm not going to pretend to know. Uh, yeah, I got someone messaged me like right on, or was that in the discord? Someone's like right on Autobahn police is definitely an underappreciated Xbox 360 rarity. Um, I got uh, mine from yeah. Goodwill. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that seems fine. And I asked you how much you paid for yours. And I was like, all right, this one's in the same range. I'll just go buy it. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I'm like they're they're yeah. done. I don't <laughs> have to worry about it. You was this something you tried to get me to buy Batman Gotham City Racer? You're like, oh, come on, it's kind of an uncommon PlayStation game. I'm like, it is Johnny, an uncommon I, PlayStation Johnny, game. I have goals. I'm not going to waste thirty five dollars on Batman Gotham City Racer. Twenty five dollars for Autobahn Police on the Xbox 360 though. That goes into absolutely nothing in my collection. I'm there because yeah, it came you up should on go Collector's buy, Quest. You should go buy uh, Batman. Uh, Gotham Racer. It is an uncommon, uncommon-ish uh, PlayStation game. And the only reason I told you to go buy it is because you said you had a save search forever, and you're like, ah, <laughs> I had I'm a not sa- gonna buy so that. Dan Gomez told me to buy that game like two years ago. Then for you some are 100 percent wrong and- not buying it. If Dan Gomez told you, okay, let's let hold on. You've you've invoked the you've oh, invoked the uh, call out. So uh, Dan Gomez, uh, get all of your cheap import games from cheap cheap games. Contact Red the Game Shark. Um, who else do we, we got? Um, EG Collectaholic probably has you. a copy of Batman Gotham City Racer. He 100% does. You know it. <laughs> uh, who else? Do, I feel like we're missing 100 callouts, but uh, you've invoked the official yeah, callouts. Um, what were we even talking about, Johnny? Oh, I don't know. We were talking about how oh, we both Dan bought Gomez told you. Yeah, okay, but you're great. talking about how Dan Gomez told you to go buy it, and you haven't, uh, which I'm telling you must be a mistake. Because if Dan Gomez, I, I literally, tells you to buy I probably messaged him, and I was like, "Hey, I don't know anything about modern games. Tell me some PlayStation games. PlayStation is a modern game. And that are was you, one of the games it, he brought up? You're an insane person. PlayStation is not a modern game. Uh, it's it's on an optical disc, Johnny. Okay, that's different than being modern. <laughs> is PlayStation lots 2 of Sega modern? CDs are on an optical disc. What's the modern era of comic books? When does that start? That starts in the 80s. There you go. It's modern. Well, no. I think modern starts a little bit later. I, I don't know. They've got like a bronze age, but a lot of people just take bronze and, and then they got the copper age. Yeah. Wow. 
Anyways, uh, it's not a modern game. All right. Get All right. I know. Usually Anyways. when I say modern, I mean 2000 and above. So, so. fine. Yep. Anyways, uh, what else did I buy? All right. Thanks, CQ. Uh, you you posted that um, one guy who I, I we don't need to say his name um, completed his DS set. And I was like, oh, man, these were the last games he bought. Like, do I have those games? I had all of them except for like three of them. So I went and bought them. Monster Frenzy, not a rare game. Imagine Soccer Captain, not a rare game. So this person doesn't collect on like a rarity access. This was probably just the last ones he happened to get. And then Ram Racing, which didn't look as common. Um, anyways, yeah, there's a bunch of games that I bought for uh, $9, $6, and $8. So there, there it is. Woo! And you know what else I bought? This is the good one. It's not here yet, though, so I hesitate to say it, but it, it's on its way. Midnight yeah. Mutants, I did it. Oh, starring Grandpa? Yeah, starring Grandpa Munster. Uh, not Grandpa Munster, Johnny. Starring Grandpa. <laughs> okay. He is Grandpa Munster. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I bought that. It's it's on its way. I also went down a dumbass rabbit hole of things I'll tell you about on the next episode, because they are actually not here. Ooh. And uh, who knows if I'll buy another game between that then and now. That's what I bought. I didn't play anything because who has time for anything? Uh, Tyler, got so much buy? time, Johnny. I've, I've been playing actually a lot of games. But um, Johnny, I got a first print Pokemon Blue complete in box. Woo! Which, uh, did this come up on the show? We must have yeah, talked, talked about, about the it. Water where, where it calls it red. And yeah, so the, yeah. the back of the box, there's a, a bullet point that says collect all 139 different Pokemon in the red version. And it's supposed to say the blue version. There's an excellent thread about Pokemon variants on video game stage now uh, by Adam W who has done so much research into like how rare, like literally probably the best public data on how common variants are in different versions of any game ever. He's like, he's got hundreds of sales tracked and you, you could see like, the first print Pokemon Blue, like 2.5% of of copies are this first print, and like 5% of sealed copies are the first print. It's similar to Left Bros and Rarity, maybe a little bit rarer than Left Bros. It took me a while just to find one that's like, it's not even like super nice, it's just decent. And Johnny, I don't know if I need to tell you, Pokemon Blue, like an expensive game now, didn't oh, cost it? me $65. It, it was uh, a couple hundred bucks, Jesus. But, uh, and you're I, sitting here bitching about buying a $35 Gotham Racer PS1 game? So what an ass. That's this, not a did fair this come up in I my YouTube? Like, I, this is, I think, one of the, the coolest things you can have is, is Pokemon Blue. Like, maybe yeah, no, not you, as cool you as the Japanese version, talk- Johnny. But, you know, start of Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Pokemon. These are, like, the big things. So... I think it's cool. Apparently, the sealed mark is just like, who cares about that? Charizard. <laughs> he's got a cool Pokemon card, so he's worth $30,000 more than this rare first print blue. And I say rare on the scale of the Pokemon game sold 50 million copies. But uh, anyway, I'm happy to have okay. it, Johnny. I think it's cool. Johnny, you buy? I bought Alone in the Dark, One-Eyed Jack's Revenge on the Sega Saturn for hey! fucking $90. <laughs> You did it! God damn it! How is this game so expensive now? Uh, What does it come with? It comes with a phone card? It comes with a phone card. So you can buy tips. You 
you posted this game on Instagram. You were like, make sure you got the phone card. And whenever I see a post like that, I run and I'm like, let me go check if I've got the cool thing. And I absolutely did not. And it says it right on the front of the box. It's not just like an insert. It's like collector's phone card inside. And there's a red badge on the box. The phone card, by the way, it's good for five minutes of hints and tips. So I bought this game over again. A game I already own for $90. Jesus. Don't don't feel bad. I did the same stupid thing uh, with all the purchases I'm about to tell you about next week when we talk again. Uh, yeah, it was the same kind of situation, uh, look, but I didn't have year, to go $90. Last year I bought a, a popful mail again. Cause, uh, it had, there's like a popful mail insert and it's like, when am I going to get that? It'll be impossible to get that. So I found a popful mail for under market value and I had to buy an entire another copy of that, which is like a $500 game. Uh, but you know, that's like, no one knows it. Like not, no one knows about that insert, but I feel like prices don't reflect that insert. So I could just sell my existing copy for the same price. You could, if you ever sold anything. We're, we're gonna. Um, you're gonna sell it one day. Someone's gonna be like Tower. Just sell me that. Thing. I, and you're gonna be dude, like, fine. I, I've got stuff that I actually need to sell that I'm just like too lazy to. I've I've got literally a box of coins. Uh, like my my grandparents got me like these stupid mint sets, and some of them were like silver mint sets every single year for our birthdays or Christmas or something. So I've just got like 20 years worth of these mint sets, and they're all worth just like ten dollars. But I have so many of them, and some of them are silver, which are worth like I don't know thirty dollars. I just got to get off my ass and start listing this stuff, Johnny. You do. I agree. Do it. Two more things, Johnny. I got okay. I got a Dan Gomez game here. Dan Gomez, uh, but influencer not, in to chief be clear, of the Collector's Quest podcast. It, just to be clear, it's not Batman. It is not Batman. Um, Johnny, I made a stupid video. I didn't even post it on my regular YouTube channel. I posted it on my bullshit YouTube channel because it's not really like a retro gem miner video. It was just me making fun. What was I even making fun of? It was making fun of like fake first prints. Oh, oh, so uh, a Call of Duty finest hour sold for like $22,000 on Heritage Auctions, which there's like this wrong perception that it's like an important Call of Duty game because it's the quote unquote first console Call of Duty game. It's like not even a mainline Call of Duty game. It's a spinoff. It's like a butchered port of the original PC Call of Duty. And it sold for $22,000. So I made a stupid YouTube video making fun of like the first physical version of a game that is not at all important in the history of that game. And one of the games I showed off in that video was my PC version of Angry Birds, which you might remember is a fucking iPhone game. So why would the PC version have any importance? Uh, and uh, so that's what I was making fun me. of in that video. Anyway, so I was saying that everything I had is like a first print. So I said like, oh, it's Doom 32X, the first version of Doom, because the PC doesn't count, obviously. So 32X version is the first version. Um, Johnny. The version of Angry Birds I had was a DVD copy of Angry Birds. And Dan Gomez said, are you sure that's the first print? And so I went and I bought a CD copy of Angry Birds on the PC. What is wrong with you? This meets my collecting goals, Johnny. $10 shipped. (laughs) I hope you took a shower after that because that's filthy. Uh, Yeah. Good purchase. Uh, and then I bought a big box gyromite. Oh, yeah. Gyromite's <laughs> awesome. Also, can we talk about, I, you told me about this big box gyromite. And I was like, 
Let me guess what you paid. Uh, five hundred dollars, <laughs> yep. and that was correct, right? Which is crazy. I, I because literally that's been the did price not expect forever. to win it because I'm like, this is probably worth like a thousand dollars now because it's a quote unquote black box game, and all the high end NES stuff is going up. I mean, it just shows like how wrong people are in in some of this these arenas, because that big box Jarmite is cooler than like almost every other black box game. Comes with a bunch of extra stuff. Definitely less of those around than regular gyromites. How is this not more expensive? And uh, it hasn't gone up. That's like the other thing. I think I paid three or four hundred dollars for it a couple of years ago. And according to uh, what what's happened to black box games specifically, gyromite should now be worth. And I'm just doing the math on my hands here. So forgive me if I don't get this right. Ten million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, is it not cool? Did they ever come sealed? They probably never came sealed, right? It's just a cardboard box, and the high-end NES people now only care about sealed games. But you can get an NS grade on it, right? Dude, I mean, who's going to grade? Did I say that right? I sound like I knew what I was talking about. Big box jar. I know they're out there, but seriously, how many of those could possibly exist, Johnny? I mean, they can tell. From what I've heard, they can tell by the flap creasing whether it's been opened or not. Yeah. I guess if for some reason you don't know, uh, Gyromite is a Rob game for uh, uh, the NES. So if you for some reason bought the standalone Rob and didn't get Rob in the deluxe set, which came with Gyromite, you could also buy a separate version of Gyromite that came with the game pack, the two tops, and the little contraption that spins the tops to press uh, buttons on the controller. Uh, And it came in a big box, and it's pretty rare. And I think... It's always been like one of those things that cool Nintendo collectors had on like the top shelf, uh, right next to their stack ups. Dude, Rob, yeah. Rob was the shit. Yeah, stack ups the shit too. Anyway, I'm happy. That the was price that's like the trilogy, right? This. Right. You have you have stack up the big box Rob or the the individually boxed Rob, and then you had the big gyromite. Like, and I would just look at old school Nintendo collectors and be like, damn, that's awesome. Dude, that's an yeah. awesome set of games they have. And now, like, relative to the rest of the market has not moved, which is fantastic, I think. Like, dude, if, you if like, the traditional collectible stuff doesn't move and people want to buy, like, sealed Bioshocks and Xbox 360, I could not be happier, Johnny. Or Not that this is a cheap game still, but yeah, I'm in. I mean, cheap compared to... I mean, it's always been expensive, and it's still... Now it looks relatively inexpensive compared to what we've been talking. Yeah, you know, anyway. like I don't want to get into that false equivalence of like, oh, I, I got such a good deal on it because like it still was expensive yeah. for a video game. But you 100%. look at all these sales and it's just like, oh, I'm I'm doing good, right? <laughs> yeah, I I did it. Anyway, I got Angry Birds. That 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 copy of Angry okay. Birds, Johnny, was Anyways, the only one on eBay. And that's it. it. Sealed, look, we're so. over our hour and a half. We we said we let, let me tell you about this CD copy of Angry Birds. Everyone go. No. All right. Um. Johnny, I, I actually was playing. So I I got to talk about Ultimate Exodus, and you've played it too. Uh, you, you can I chime have, in, Johnny. Uh, I I mean, I played it like thirty years ago. I haven't in maybe ten years one eightyed on a game as hard as I have Ultimate Exodus because I think you've only heard really? me complain about it, and I'm one eighty. I'm in it now, Johnny. I love it. You're, I don't love it. It's all right though. I, I'm having fun. So Ultimate wait, Exodus, it gets terrible. All the ultimates mm, are it's, terrible on this. It's the whole the the whole like way the game is designed, like the entire way the game works, I think is really cool. And I just wasn't deep enough into it to understand what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. So let me let me set 
the stage here for people who don't know anything about Ultima fucking Exodus. Uh, Ultima Exodus, it came out in 1983 for Apple II. I'm playing the NES port, but whatever. They're they're pretty similar. Uh, so, ni- did I say 1982? 1983. Uh, so, Dragon Quest came out in, what, 1986? And this was obviously an influence on Dragon Quest. But you play Dragon Quest, you're like, alright, it's a JRPG. This is before that. It's like the primordial ooze of RPGs. So... Everything is archaic as fuck and takes too many steps to do. Uh, my favorite aspect is uh, there's permadeath, kind of permadeath. So you make your party of four people. You go around the world, getting into random battles, grinding them up. And then if you hit a random battle that has monsters that are too hard for you to beat, uh, your guys can die. And early on in the game, there's no way to resurrect them. You literally have to just make new characters fucking awesome i love no, that terrible the first time my party died it was because i was exploring the world map and i was in a forest and i accidentally stepped on a lava tile which just immediately killed my whole party and it's like oh the the last two hours of my life were for nothing because everyone is dead uh and it puts you in these situations where you'll uh you'll be exploring a dungeon and you get into a random battle and it's hopeless you can't win and your best option is to reset the console because as soon as anyone dies, it saves. So what, then they're just dead. Uh, but if you reset the console, you get to go back to your save point and they'll be alive, uh, which I think is a, a hilarious thing for a game, a hilarious choice for a game to make you make. Um, that That is awful. That sounds like so the worst bad. thing ever. <laughs> Johnny. Yeah. But it's, it's not fun. No, I like, as a kid, I remember trading for these games and then being so upset when I got them because, like, I'm like, oh man, I love Final Fantasy. These should be fun, right? They, the lack of fun in those games is huge. So, the way the game is set up, though, Johnny, it is a relatively small world map with a bunch of towns and dungeons dotted about it. And I'm pretty sure that, like, half the dungeons, like, are not even necessary. And you go around to all the towns and they all give you like these Castlevania 2 like cryptic clues or someone will say like, I don't know what the silver pick is. And then you talk to them again and they're like, the silver pick is in the dungeon of the snake. It's like, I thought you said you didn't know where the, but you get all these like little clues because the game, it doesn't, there's no opening cutscene. There's nothing. It drops you off at like Lord British's castle. And it's just like, I don't know, go kill Exodus. And you have no idea what to do but you start exploring the world and everyone has all these little clues. You just get a little bit further every day. Oh, I think it's, it's so cool. It's one of these things where like games aren't made like this. You play even dragon quest. Uh, you know, it is a, an open world, but it block, it basically rails you to the one dungeon you're supposed to go to. We're here. It's not like there's an easy dungeon, a medium dungeon and a hard dungeon there. The dungeons are different difficulties, but they're not, so different that you couldn't do them out of order. So it's just such an open world kind of mystery on what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. I still don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm having a lot of fun figuring it out, Johnny. Uh, I'm glad you're having fun. I I am. Uh, old games are cool. I think old games are cool. And there's like only, there's two people listening to the show who have ever played Ultima Exodus besides you who can relate to this at all. So I'm talking about it too much, uh, but I'm having fun. Also played Karate Kid on NES, Johnny. Uh, that game is not nearly as hard as the angry video game nerd made it out to be, and but it does suck. 
All right. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> at least consistent. Yeah. So the first time I party wiped in Exodus, I'm like, fuck Ultimate Exodus, and I went and played Karate Kid. Uh, but I'm an adult now, and I don't give up on games because I think they're hard. Uh, so I went back to Exodus, and I'm happy I did. Okay, well, we can agree to disagree. <laughs> All right, uh, is that it? Do we have anything else? No, I think that's it. All right, woo! We did it, Tyler. We did it. We did. Woo! All right, hey took everybody! Took me out of sorting my mail here to record an hour forty-five minute episode. We did it. I'm so happy. I'm so proud. We did it. Uh, in under under a two hour time frame. All right, so let's not ramble any further, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Tyler, where can we find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Video Game Sage and YouTube. I don't know. I'm Default Gen. Default G-E-N. And you can find me at Johnny underscore Ayuchi on Instagram. By the way, it's getting to be that Halloween time. Just get hyped. Get hyped. I can't wait to see all your Halloween games. Also, uh, if you don't know, we have a Patreon, which you can follow. Go to patreon.com slash collectors quest, and you can get access to our Discord. That's like the biggest thing that you get. You can join for as little as $2 or as much as $6. If you go over the $2 mark, you get access to uh, After Dark episodes we sometimes record. We don't do that for every episode. Also, I I made this rule because someone was encouraging one of their in-house family members, their significant other, to become a Patreon too, so they could be on the Discord. No. Don't do that. Like, I don't want money. I don't want double money from households. So if that comes up for some weird reason, if you and you, uh, your spouse or something or significant other, someone in your same house, your younger brother needs, wants to be on the discord and they think they have to close, just let me know and I'll hand out a secondary invite. Okay. There it's done. That's uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need people doing that. We don't, you know, we do this because we love it and it's great that you guys support us and I really appreciate it. So I want to say thank you, but I'm not here to like, I, I would feel like I was taking advantage. So please don't do that. All right. And Tyler agrees 100% with me. So sure. On. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Everyone bring in your wives. If, if they <laughs> we want, want to talk to your wives or husbands. That sounds, that sounds creepy the way you're saying it. Like, what do you run, <laughs> running a side gig now? That's. I'm telling Ada. Anyways, thanks for listening to the show. That's it. Bye. That is our show. No errata for this episode. I, I said that the copper age of comics I thought was the 90s. Apparently, it's like 1984 up until the early 90s. But I just cut it from the show because no one no one wants to get mad hearing some video game guy make an incorrect statement about comics. Thank you to 8-Bit, A-P-E-Bit, like the monkey, 8-Bit.Bandcamp.com. He does the intro to the show, the intro music, anyway. And thank you to the patrons, Richard, patron number one, Bowden, Canadian variant alert, Chris Glidden, Nintendo World Champion, Daniel Jacksmick, high-end collector, Andrew Brim, 50 Hertz is good enough for me, Andre, Ben Parker, a bad enough dude to rescue the president. Ben Parker, I tried to find your social media presence to give you a relevant nickname. Uh, I'm sure you know that you share a name with a popular Spider-Man character. So I hope you enjoy your bad dude's nickname. Video games were meant to be slabbed. Brandon Ackley, Brian Gupta, and Pocky and Rocky with Becky. Mint Condition, Brian J. Mora, the strictly limited super rare Bruno. Fat Cat Collector, Chris Jackson. Chris SNK, too many NES accessories, Morozek, Johnny's GBA hookup, coffee with Mr. Saturn, playing with power, Connor Strange, 
The last game you need for the set, Corey O'Brien, Unpunched Hang Tab, Dustin Beagle, he has returned to judge this city. Eric Addison, man of Nintendo in the world of Nintendo, Funky Brewster, the actual Shinobi, Jasonic the Kid, Jeff the Game Boy Ferris, Red Pyramid Thing, Jonathan Shados, Lance Lord Hardstyle Z, and Lady Hardstyle, The Degenerate, Matt Fall, Mr. CIB, get your loose Genesis carts out of here! Funko Land employee, platform agnostic, read the game shark. The Famicom Box Retro Game Enthusiast, Sean, the Gamer Collective, the new craft who can beat Mega Man without the pause trick. Previously unknown variant, Tim Walker. From the internet, Todd Fisher. Can't put limits on collecting, VG Collectaholic. The Willennium, Will Joe. Keeper of the Zelda variant, Zero X Def Code. Getting the full PS2 set because Stefan won't. All caps. What a 9.8 A++ Benji. The actually rare Bird Dog Gaming. Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode. Still finding deals in 2021. Colton Murphy, Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show at the last minute under the wire. This is coming out before midnight, guys. Don Libby, the hero of time, actually understands the Zelda timeline. Jeff Pierce, he is error. Jeff Russell. Jeremy Jarvis, here for the Pog Talk. Jim Jacobs, world record holder of best collection. Joe actually plays his games, champ pity. Video game art collector because video games are art. Justin Chichio. Lateral movement. Who's got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up? Michael posted in the Discord right now. Chiara Monti. Nick the video game database Morgan. Homebrew mastermind Divertov. The other guy who collects Korean releases. Peaceful games. Dungeon master Reed Stubinick. The promoter. Retro RPG podcast. High definition 16 bit graphics Stevie Lou. Tom obscure variant Chaser Chase. Saventori, and he knows all 97 Nintendo games. Andrew actually collecting N-Gage O. B-Nugs! B-Nugs! Chesno, all your base are belong to him. Colby, he is Sinistar. Corhagen does what Nintendo don't. Daniel McArdle, who thought this was the Retronauts Patreon. The Modern Database, new nickname, Danny Gomez. The Philatelist, Dork Overlord. My childhood PlayStation idol, Game-Rave.com. Go check out his Skydiving Extreme video on YouTube. Joseph Rogers got 50,000 on Double Dragon. Collector of everything, including Atari, Kalen McAteer, Sam, Sega Mark III, Marks, and Sean the Video Game Illuminati LaCroix. Thank you guys so much. I'm gonna go watch a live stream of these golden auctions ending and see how much the world is truly over.